Hey there, folks. Welcome back. I know it's been so long. We missed you so much. But today is part three of our series that we've entitled, What Type of Influencer Are You? I've been looking at the early uh, documented life here that we have of Daniel and uh, what's happened to him as King Nebuchadnezzar kind of took over. And we left off last time with the three guys getting sent before the king because they have refused to bow down to a golden image uh, that Nebuchadnezzar had, had created and built and uh, we had talked about king nebuchadnezzar being on this power trip and and really hungry for his own type of religion really Mm -hmm. after supposedly acknowledging the god of gods remember this so where we're going to pick up folks we're in chapter 3 here verse 13 and this is what it said it said then nebuchadnezzar in a rage and fury gave the command to bring shadrach meshach and abednego so they brought these men before the king so rick what happens yeah, so these three men are, are brought before the king, who is very upset at this point. And we pick up in verse 14. It says, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who can deliver you from my hands? Ask something. He's going to ask that question. After all this has already happened, he's still yeah. going to ask that question. Yeah. I mean, he's already had an experience with the God. That's right. Of, of all gods. That's you know? right. And he made a statement earlier. He said, in my gods. Again, you know, he's still yeah. putting his his gods, his, his image of what he thinks God is, right? Yeah. I mean, that's human nature. You know, we can have an encounter with God, mm-hmm. and then we kind of grow cold. And yeah. go back to our old ways. And it seems like that's what Nebuchadnezzar has done. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. So, well, pick us up there. Verse 16. And uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, and I love this, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. And I'll just stop right there. Now, listen, these are the three guys we've been talking about that have been by Daniel's side from the very beginning. And they've been watching Daniel, seeing how his obedience has played out into his favor, and seeing how God has stepped up and answered uh, the cry of Daniel's and request of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to where they get to the point where they tell King Nebuchadnezzar, we ain't even got to answer your question, buddy. (laughs) I mean, there's no need to. This is what they said. If that is the case... Our God, who we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Now, most people want to stop right there. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to say, because that's what we think ought to happen. Yeah. Right? Deliverance. That's right. Our most, way. Our way. That's yeah. right. Most people, they'd be happy if it just stopped right there. Yeah. But that's not what they said. They kept on going after that and said, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Now, get, check this out. But if not, now listen, folks, I want you to get a hold of this right here. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. They said, even if we are to get cast in and do whatever, it still don't matter. Because we know who our God is. We know what he's about, and we know what he can do, and we know we're going to be okay. That same desire that we see in Daniel of wanting to please God and, 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 and be obedient and and do what God wants, 
you know, we see that in, in the, these three people now. Yeah. No matter what, even, even unto death. That's right. They just want to please God. So they're not going to worship any other idols. You know, yeah. they're just going to worship the one true God. So often people want to have, they want to have ministries like Paul had. And they want to have, you know, um, experiences like Peter had. They want to have all those things, but they're not willing to, and I'm just saying that, folks, willing to go to the death for it. God has to be first. I don't mean first to just in your thoughts, folks. I mean first in everything, so that everything you do is for the Lord in his glory and in his will, whatever he wants. When you are that sold out, let me tell you what, you can walk into a fiery furnace. When you're that sold out, you could preach and 5,000 will be converted. When you're that sold out, you could travel through and set up churches and foreign lands and domestic lands. Right. But until you get to that point, you're not sold out. You're not a vessel of God. You're a vessel of you and some God. So if you want this experience that people have, I want it. I have to remind myself. I have to circulate with other people who have the same mentality that I have, that we feed off of each other so that when it comes down through it and the, the rubber meets the road, that I make sure that I could say, but if not, let it be known to you anyway. Right. We have to get to a point where we love not our own lives, even unto death. That's but right. God is first no matter what. That's right. And, you know, for a lot of people in a lot of the world, that's reality. That is reality. I mean, here in the United States, we don't, we're, we're moving <laughs> to that way, but, but that's not our reality right now. But to a lot of people in a lot of the world, that is their reality mm-hmm. to the death. Right. Yes. Yep. That's right. And I tell you, I pray for those people quite often, quite often. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on then, Rick. So let's see here. Uh, I think we're in verse, um, well, we'll catch it back up to the next chapter, chapter four, verse four, the Nebuchadnezzar, right? Uh, full of fury and the expression on his face changed towards, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fire, burning fiery furnace. Then these men who were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments were uh, cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, there's that word again, urgent, yep. and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I tell you, the way I read that means, it means that they were saying, hey, I want it done now, that I don't know that it just went seven times hotter. If in all that it got exceedingly hot, it could have been 15 times hotter. If it was in the urgency of it, I think that's a point to be made that he wanted it now, 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 now. So they were trying to do it. And the men who did that and, and answered his urgency ended up getting consumed and killed. Yeah. And um, in response to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's faith and uh, allegiance to God, they didn't waver. No, they did not. No. In In, in response to that. Things got seven times hotter. Yes, indeed. That's things right. Things got worse. That's right. Now, how many times in the Bible do we see things get worse before they get better? Yes, indeed. Quite right. often. Quite right. often. Especially when you're standing up against an anniversary, they're not just going to roll over. You know, Satan just doesn't roll over. I mean, he, he, he likes to keep, and if he does, even when he left Jesus, it says he left him for a season mm-hmm. and then he came back or, you know, yeah. or come back to us at least. So anyway, let's continue on there, bud. 
Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. Now check this out here. And he rose in the haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. Now they ain't got, they only got, they got a little bit of words now. <laughs> three words. True, O king. Look. Now he shouts that. Look, he answered. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and from the form of the fourth, it is like what? The Son of God. The Son of God. Now here is Nebuchadnezzar. That keeps telling me that he recognizes, but he keeps denying the true God. Because he recognized that, the Son mm-hmm. of God in there. I mean, he mm-hmm. sees something that, that obviously is set apart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Nebuchadnezzar spoke. Sorry, did you have something else to add there? No, I was going to say that, you know, he recognized, like you were saying, there was a divine figure in there. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it was special. It was different. It was, you know, better than human. Right. Now, I, yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. God is trying to show. I think he's, he's really, God has given Nebuchadnezzar chance after chance here too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't just about Daniel and his three friends. This is about Nebuchadnezzar having an opportunity multiple times here to be able to glorify God and recognize him. I'm, how much more do you need? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot more to be given. But <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and uh, delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. That is something, huh? Yeah. And the the uh, word angel is capitalized. That's right. So it's talking deity. Yes. So this is this is Jesus. Yep. Prior right. to his birth um, in Bethlehem. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But you know Nebuchadnezzar here through this, you know Daniel influence on these three guys is what brought them to this point and when they were put uh, to the test with all this and they get thrown in you know god showed up in daniel's life but god also showed up in shadrach meshach and abednego's life here too Mm -hmm. and in such a way that uh, of course when god's involved it's always big um uh, it's always unexplainable to me um if it could be reasoned it's not god and uh, I'm sure Nebuchadnezzar had to see the same thing. Of course, when he exclaimed, look, he saw something that was outside of the normal for him. But because of Daniel's influence with these three guys, not only did they just get used through all this, but, um, you know, they were able to come through a really hard time when, when they should not be, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yeah, they, they showed the same obedience and faith and desire to please God as Daniel has done That's right. uh, throughout the years. Right. And, um, and, you know, God came through for them in a, in a mighty way. That's right. And, you know, and even if it turned out differently, you know, God would have received them into eternity. Yeah. You know, I think it's important for us to realize that, um, you know, and, and, and character is developed. Um, you, you, you work on character and Daniel developed his character and God, you know, by being the center of his life and everything that he did, uh, he did for God and his glory and, and uh, I think really, you know, built his character. And through all of his patience and perseverance that he went through and staying obedient with all that um, allowed him to have such character that it rubbed off on these three guys around him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just really, it's a powerful. And we have the same opportunity. Yeah, and, and King Nebuchadnezzar had the same opportunity that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had That's to observe exactly right. Daniel 
And, you know, there were even times when he acknowledged yeah. the one true God. But even after this experience with the fiery furnace, you know, he, he wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. You that's know, right. Cause, cause later on, I mean, to me, it's like, how many times does God have to dis- display his glory to you before you get it? Yep. You're exactly <laughs> you know? right. You're because, exactly right. uh, years later, he's walking on the palace, uh, balcony up there. Yeah. Yep. Up yep. there. And he's looking out over his capital city and he's all puffed up <laughs> with pride. Right. I did this. That's exactly you know? right. And, um, you know, so God is saying, you know, I'm trying to get through to you. I'm trying to get through to you and you just want to be dumb. So fine, be dumb. Yep. You know, and he spent the next seven years as a, as a wild beast. Yeah. Eating grass, it said, and letting the dew be on his back. Yep, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So he went from being the most, you know, glorious position in humanity. Yeah. To probably the lowest. <laughs> and I did find, and of course we're not getting into that, but you know, reading the chapter five and six and, and you'll see, you know, he went crazy for all that time. And when he came back to his senses, you know, he wrote, you know, all right, yes, you are the God, mm-hmm. the one and only, the, the exalted one, the high one, you know, and then not only once he recognized that he was restored, mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar was sought. They sought him out to bring him back in to restore him. Yeah. Into, into to his favor. So yeah. you're right, man. It's all about not only just your influence that you could be, but you know, those that are around us, we have an opportunity to, to respond to who those we put around us as the influencee. Mm-hmm. Are we yeah. going to learn from that or not? You know? Yeah. You know, and no person is an island. You might think, well, you know, I don't influence anybody, Yeah. but there's always somebody out there that is watching us. Yes. And you know, this whole, uh, series that we've done reminds me of mark chapter 4 verse 36 and basically it was jesus taught the multitudes from a boat Mm -hmm. and then when he was done teaching they sent the multitude away and they climbed the disciples climbed into the boat with him and they set sail across the lake and it says and the little boats followed after and uh i heard a pastor preach a message on that that the little boats followed after jesus because they want they were influenced by him Right. You know, they were impressed by him. They wanted, you know, to, to spend more time with him. There's always little boats following after us, that's looking up to us. No matter who we are, there's somebody that's watching us and will learn, you know, either positively or negatively from our influences. Yeah. And we may not even know them, Rick. Right. We may not even, they, we may not even know that they're watching us. And when we say watching, the first thing that comes to mind is scrutinizing. But that's not really the case. If I was to think myself, there are people that I watch, um, that I observe, put it that way, that I observe that when they do something that makes an impact on me, you know, I can see, man, what a faithful servant that was. Or I, I hear testimony of what you've gone through or somebody else has gone through. And I think back of like with your car and where the wheel fell off, you know, after you went into the shop kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, learning that, hey, even though it was a big step to step out in that faith because God would take care of that situation every time, you know, that made an influence on me too. So, yeah, you're exactly right, right? Yeah. That's a really good point. And especially – uh as an adult figure, mm-hmm. you know, you, you might be a parent or a teacher or something. Yeah. The little kids are looking, looking up to you. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is, is going to influence them. And I'm, I'm going to venture to say, and I'm going to say this, uh, and I don't say this tongue in cheek. I say it very, very seriously here. You know, most pastors have a church and the average church attendance size right now is 60 to 75 people in a congregation. Now that's the people that they are influencing. Most people come in once, maybe twice a week into the church that are influenced by their pastor. 
you have an opportunity to influence probably two to three times that amount just throughout your daily walk at work, in your family, in your day-to-day activities, and probably more often than a pastor's influence would have. So I'll be Mm -hmm. honest with you, your influence matters more than the man who stands up behind the pulpit most of the time. Right. You know, yep. no person is an island. We're we're all right. influencing somebody. That's right, brother. Excellent point, Rick. Yep. Well, I've really enjoyed it, buddy. Yep. Well, that wraps it up for this series on how to influence others. And Mike, uh, excellent, excellent uh, series. Thank you. We hope uh, everyone enjoyed it and got something beneficial out of it. And until next time, remember to prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. <laughs>